Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves news. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful, but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 61. I am Davram, and I'm so glad that you've decided to tune in on the YouTube, on the podcasting apps, wherever you may be, and however you may be enjoying this. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope everyone's having a good uh, good week. I hope uh, uh, everyone's been getting some Sea of Thieves action in. Um, unfortunately I didn't get to play this last week. Uh, uh, usually I'm playing with captain Logan of the Keelhaul podcast on Saturday evenings on Twitch. But, uh, this last weekend I was at Ohio con and, uh, thank you. Anyone who came by and said, hello, it was, uh, it was nice to say hello to you. Um, but it was, uh, it was a great convention. I'm going to take a moment here and, and, and talk about the charity that, uh, we, we obviously, uh, have heard about multiple times uh, if you tune into the Twitch channel or if you uh, have listened to this show for a while. But uh, all the revenue I make on Twitch goes directly to a charity. I don't keep any of it. Um, and uh, I, I do several conventions for the charity throughout the year. Uh, this one was Ohio Con. It was an anime convention in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm pleased to announce that the group of us uh, were able to raise $5,000 dollars on the first convention back since COVID uh, launched. And just to put that in perspective, um, the last time uh, before COVID, uh, our our record was about $1,800 uh, at a full attendance of this convention. This convention was about 50% less uh, than full capacity, and we did $5,000. And all that money goes directly to children's hospitals to help children uh, pay for their health care. So absolutely fantastic. Anyone who came by the booth, uh, entered uh, into our raffles or or purchased a uh, standalone um, item from our yard sale table. Again, thank you very much uh, for support. If you would like to support the charity, the links are in the description or the show notes, uh, whatever you want to call them on whatever application you are listening to. Uh, you can directly donate to the charity, um, or you can come by the Twitch stream, drop some bits, or use your Prime subscription on the ch- Twitch channel. And as soon as Twitch pays me out, all that money goes uh, directly to charity. So uh, it was an absolutely fantastic weekend. Love to see all the costumes. Uh, lots of Sea of Thieves fans there. I know it was an anime convention, but lots of Sea of Thieves friends there. Uh, lots of Destiny fans. A lot, lot of lot of just in general gaming fans there, along with anime. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, we hosted a magic tournament. Uh, we had a sponsorship from Ultra Pro and did some crazy giveaways uh, with that. So absolutely fantastic weekend for me. I hope you guys uh, had a fantastic weekend as well. I'm exhausted still. I, I don't think my my body does not recover for like oh, two weeks after a convention. It's just my feet, my back, everything hurts. Uh, but it's always for a, for a good cause. So, but now we're back and we're 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 back into it. Um, so let's talk some sea of thieves. Uh, we had the podcast, the official sea of thieves podcast come up. We also had a couple other, uh, announcements that I want to get into. 
Um, but first, I want to do a correction uh, from the last episode, and I want to thank Jack, uh, one of the loyal listeners out there. Um, did catch a mistake that I made. Uh, I do make them, surprisingly. I'm not perfect, though I will say that I am. Um, adventures actually start before Season 6. And in fact, if you're listening to this right now, hurry up and log into Sea of Thieves. The first adventure um, has already started. It actually started on February 17th. Um, so when you listen to this, it'll probably be out for about two or three days, um, unless you're a patron and then it's, and then it just came out, um, because you get our early access for being awesome and, and subscribing to the Patreon. Um, so thank you, Jack, for catching that. I don't know how I missed the dates. Um, I want to say that they were probably on their, uh, their YouTube trailer, uh, but I had the closed captions on. So I was, I was reading along with watching at the same time. And I, I probably missed that date cause they didn't, I don't think they officially said it. I think it was just on the screen. So again, the first adventure, um, has already started February 17th goes to the first part of May. Um, so we, we do have our first adventure, right? Adventures are the new system that, that, uh, uh, they mentioned in the trailer. And we talked about, uh, last episode, as far as their, uh, as far as their roadmap, uh, where these adventures are going to be changing basically, you know, every month, uh, to help push the storyline, uh, forward. So, uh, if you've logged into Sea of Thieves or haven't yet, uh, it's going to be different. Golden Sands is abandoned now. Um, you're going to have green mist on a whole bunch of different islands and, and you've got a little uh, story to uh, to take part in. So thank you again, Jack, for catching that. Um, and, and again, apologize for, for missing that. But uh, thank you again for catching that and sending me a message and letting me know. Um, so the first thing I want to dive into before we get to the podcast, because there's a lot to there's a lot to dig into on the official Sea of Thieves podcast. They I really appreciated the podcast that they approached. Uh, really, it was called the Hot Topics podcast, and, and I'll tell you what, they hit some of the hot topics that have been rolling around this community for years. I will say that. They hit some things that have been literally bothering this community for years, uh, and they talked about it. They were <clears throat> relatively transparent about it, uh, relatively open about what they are are working on, some ideas that they have, you know... Uh, not really timetables, but at least they gave us a vague understanding of, of their direction, uh, which is more than we've got ever on, on some of these items. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but first I want to talk about, um, what was announced slash released, not released yet. It'll be released in season six. Uh, but, but the picture was released. Um, obviously, as we talked about uh, on the last episode, Arena is closing down. And in fact, when you're listening to this, Arena will be closed down. Um, the 17th, I believe, with that patch that introduced Adventures, uh, closed down the Arena. Um, and there's a lot of cool cosmetics and a, and a lot of things like that uh, that the Arena provided. And um, one of the more prestigious ones that people wanted to get was the Legendary Weapon Set. Uh, which is 240 wins, I believe, as a pirate legend. So you had to get pirate legend and then 240 wins, not second place, not silver wins, 240 wins. Uh, I can say that I did not hit that. I was about 100 wins short, um, which is fine, which which is absolutely fine. I did not put as much uh, time and effort into arena in the past year that I probably should have. <clears throat> I could have gotten it. 
Um, I was well on my way to getting it, um, but some other things uh, kind of have drawn my attention away, Pirate's Life, things like that, um, and Adventure that have, have kind of driven me there. So I have not got it. I knew uh, that I probably wouldn't get it. I wasn't mad about not getting those cosmetics. You all know me. I love collecting cosmetics. It does kind of bum me when I don't get a, a limited-time cosmetic. But again, it's all on me. I have to be the one that owns getting or not getting a limited-time cosmetic. <clears throat> here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. They re so they said they were going to give people an opportunity to earn a legendary style of weapon once the arena goes down. Um it's a reskin. They took the exact same models of weapons and they reskin them to a different color. The original ones were the Pirate Legend purple with gold, which look absolutely fantastic. Great combination of color. Um, not so huge on the new coloration. <laughs> I don't think the colors work as well together. Um, but here's my problem. Rare has had a long history of either introducing or doing something which actually causes toxicity in their community. And Rare is very anti-toxicity. They don't want you to be toxic on the seas. The community at large is very good um, in Sea of Thieves, and we want to keep it that way. So any way we can reduce toxicity in Sea of Thieves is a great thing to do. Unfortunately, time and time again, Rare has either done events, i.e. the Christmas giving event, um, or other things which has in fact promoted toxicity across the across the uh, the community, and this is one of them. Why is this causing toxicity? It's real simple. Arena has been out for quite some time, and there's a lot of people who put in a lot of work in order to get those legendary cosmetics. <clears throat> they put in a lot of work, and they were exclusive to Arena. And the and the problem Rare has is when there's an exclusive item that people want, they will cry about it. And many times Rare will bend over and, you know, say, okay, we'll do it as a reskin. And I don't think that's a good thing. Um, do I think that everyone deserves an opportunity to get a limited time cosmetic in the time frame that they're playing? Yes. Do I think that it's the player's responsibility to put in the work in the particular event or in the particular mode to get that exclusive cosmetic? Yes. Do I feel it's okay that if you did not put in the time because you didn't have the time or you don't enjoy that play style to not get that cosmetic? Yes, I don't have it, and I love collecting cosmetics. I think exclusive cosmetics are very important to games like this where, where the only thing that is in this game is really cosmetics. That's the only thing that you're earning slash purchasing is cosmetics. It's the only difference between one pirate and another pirate. And I don't see any problem with keeping things exclusive. Let me give you some examples of some other exclusive cosmetics. The Ferryman set. The Black Dog set. The Sea of Thieves Shot Contest hat. The Golden Hour sales. The NAL Arena sales. The Midnight Blunderbuss. These are all examples of cosmetics which are exclusive. You have to do something or you had to be there in order to get them when they were available. 
day one eye patch. You had to play on day one to get that eye patch. These are exclusive cosmetics that at this point, Rare has not re-released in any new skin. You can argue the Black Dog weapons, the Obsidian weapons, have been reskinned a few times. But the Black Dog set itself, the actual Black Dog outfit, has not been reskinned. It has not been reskinned. The Ferryman outfit has not been reskinned. You can get the Ferryman jacket and the eye patch and the, the lantern through doing uh, Fort of the Damned. But as far as the actual ferryman pack with the sword, the blunderbuss, and the pistol, those have not been re-released. The blunderbuss is close to the legendary Sea Dog blunderbuss, but it's not exact. It's a little bit different. There is no other pistol like the ferryman pistol. There is no other sword like the ferryman sword. Imagine... If you are a player out there who has the ferryman pack and rare decides to say, okay, all right, it's look, it's been a long time. I know you guys really, you know, that was an exclusive. Uh, so we're not going to re-release the same one. We're going to release the same one, but we're just going to paint it a different color. No, absolutely not. The people would be up in arms about it. Just like they're up in arms about this legendary sea dog thing. And when I talk about the toxicity, you're, you're specifically targeting the players in general who do show a lot of toxic behavior in this game. And that's the PVP players, right? I hate to say it. There's, there's a lot of PVP players that play Sea of Thieves and many of them are not toxic. But when you talk about toxic players, a lot of times you are referring to PVP sweats, right? PVP players who are really focused on PVP and dominating everyone in combat. And that now is going to cause some toxicity. We've already seen screenshots. The legendary pacifier set. The legendary noob set, right? All these screenshots of different things and items which are basically calling players who did not grind it out in arena, but who are still going to be able to get the item look are babies, are noobs, are, are whatever. Will this toxicity last? No. People, people will forget about it in, in a couple months, say three, six months. No one will care anymore. But right now, and more so, it'll it'll inflame when these weapons are actually released and, and they will put behind it whatever you have to do in order to get these items. They have not released that yet. But it'll inflame that toxicity. Therefore, when someone is coming onto your ship or, or fighting you or whatever, or a streamer or YouTube or whatever, and they see someone wielding these new legendary blank weapons, whatever they're going to be called, they're going to flame them, especially the toxic players. And it's going to cause a very toxic environment in the game. Here's how Rare should have handled that. You have until this date to get your 240 wins as a pirate legend. If you don't get it, we're sorry. It's been in the game for a long time. It is what we consider a prestigious, exclusive cosmetic that these players have earned and it's not coming back. That's, that's how they should have approached it. Would players have been mad? Yes. Would, would they got angry tweets? Yes. 
But in general, they would have stemmed off the toxicity of these players who did earn it, the PVP sweats, the PVP players who did earn this, and now are going to turn around and see the exact same style of weapon that they have just recolored, and it's going to enrage them because they put a shit ton of time into Arena to unlock them. It's just how it is. Rare has yet again put themselves in a place to encourage toxicity. Imagine if they re-release the Ferryman set or the Black Dog Pack or the Midnight Blunderbuss. Imagine if they re-release those or even if they re-release them in a new color. People would lose their minds. People are not complaining about those exclusive things. Sure, there's people out there who want them, who want them to re-release them as Twitch drops or something like that. I get it. I get it. I have the Ferryman set. I have the Black Dog Pack. I have the Midnight Blunderbuss. I'm very proud that I have those. Those are exclusive items that put me different than the majority of players. And that's what an exclusive cosmetic is supposed to do. If you're playing League of Legends and you have one of the like year one legendary skins, and no one else has it because it's been locked in the vault and no one will see that skin again. You feel proud to have that skin, regardless if it's really cool looking or it's kind of lame compared to the new skins. You're proud that you have it and it was an exclusive. That's how exclusives should be treated. And unfortunately, Rare bent down and listened to, to all the whinies out there and they've re-released them and they've put new colors on them. It doesn't bother me. Obviously, if I unlock them through adventure, I get them. I won't be using them just because they don't match the style of look that I go for. Had I got the legendary sea dog ones, you damn well better write that I'm going to have them out. But I didn't get them. I'm bummed that I didn't get them, but it's my fault. It is me as the player's fault for not putting in the work in the mode that needed to be done in order to get those items. Therefore, I shouldn't get the items. I shouldn't get an item that looks like those items. I should have had to put in the work. And I didn't, and I didn't get them. That's exclusivity. And I just fear that there's going to be a lot, a lot of toxicity, more so than we're seeing right now with the pictures of legendary noobs and legendary pacifier and legendary whatever else is out there. We're going to see toxicity that's actually going to be in-game toxicity. Not in, not in Twitter toxicity, not in Reddit toxicity. That already exists. We already see the pictures. We already see what Rare is doing. That toxicity is already out there. We're going to see it in game. And that's when it gets bad. When you actually have it in game, when you actually have people on the microphone yelling at, being toxic on the microphone, when you have people spawn camping because they just want to be toxic because they see you wielding these new legendary weapons and you did not put in the work in the arena to get the actual official ones. That's when you're going to see the bad toxicity come out. It won't last. It won't last. I, like I said, three, six months, it'll all be gone and we don't have to worry about it anymore. But for those three to six months, and especially right at the start of season six, and probably in through season six, it's going to be hot and it's going to be nasty. It is going to be hot and nasty. Players who did earn the legendary sea dog stuff, it's going to be hot and nasty. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be hot and nasty. And I just hope that no one who listens to this 
has to experience that. I hope. But Rare really needs to understand if you're going to put out a limited edition or a limited time or an exclusive cosmetic, you gotta keep it exclusive. You gotta keep it exclusive. Am I happy that they're reskinning the Wailing Barnacle stuff? Sure, I like the look of those items. But as a player out there who who doesn't have the original Wailing Barnacle, if I had the original Wailing Barnacle, I'd be pissed that they're re-releasing them with a different, different skin. I put in the work back then to get it. Why are you now getting it now and it's just a recolor? I don't like that. I don't like that. Don't repaint exclusives. Leave them as they are. Leave them exclusive. And if you don't get it, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. And I know there's a lot of people out there who probably have comments about this and probably have, uh, but I'm just telling you, the toxicity has already started and the items are not even in the game yet. Imagine when those items are in the game and players start to get them and equip them. Imagine if this is the toxicity now with just pictures online. Imagine the toxicity once those items are seen in game from one of these toxic players. It is going to be unbearable. It is going to be unpleasant. And some players are going to have a bad experience because of this. And all that needed to be done, all that needed to be done was just not re-release the exact same models with a new paint skin. That's all that had to be done. You want to put a new legendary weapon set out there? Do it. Make something new. Change the colors. Make something new that is not the exact same model, right? Change it up. You can put the you can put the little Athena crests on 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 your guns. You can put it on your sword, but change it up. Change it up. You did it for the um you did it for the Dark Adventurer set. You did it for that. Hell, make the new legendary set, the Dark Adventurer, only make it purple and gold. That's what you just just take the Dark Adventurer set, re-release it in purple and gold and call it the new legendary set. The the Dark Adventurer set is someone everyone can purchase. And it does not cause that toxic behavior between the, the, the folks who earned it in arena and the players who are now going to get the reskins. It's already started and it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. I don't like the, the color variant that they chose anyways, but that's, that's, that's just me. That's just me. All right, let's move on to the podcast. Uh, we did get an episode of the Sea of Thieves official podcast. It was just over an hour long, and a lot of good stuff came out of it. It was titled The Hot Topics um, Podcast. And I'm going to try to break this down into a few different sections. Um, because the, the, the main focus that they had in here, they, they had a few focus. They had combat. And they had server performance. Those were kind of the two. Th those were kind of the two overarching bits, right? Combat and server performance. And technically, they're kind of they're, they're kind of holding fingers, right? Because they are linked, right? So what I want to first dive into is the server performance side, right? Server performance side. So on the server performance piece, <clears throat> they 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 opened with discussing something that. I didn't even think about as an issue on their server performance side. And that is the, so in, in the software world or in the it world, there's a call and answer system 
um, in, in a lot of IT work and a lot of code. So I'm sending a request out to a server, to a service, to something, and it responds with a, with a response. Like it gives me an answer, right? So Sea of Thieves has a lot of that, right? Client side to server side, call response, call response. But Sea of Thieves itself on the server side also makes calls and gets responses from other outside uh, services and parties, whatever those are. They didn't really go into to detail. And these integrations that they have, right? The call response integrations that they have with these other partners and with the, these other services, most likely Microsoft and all, all those kind of things that, that keep things running. They, they, they're, what they're noticing is they haven't been proactive on addressing when this partner or that partner or that partner over there makes an update on their side. See if Thieves is like, hey, our software's still going. We're good. And then they notice, oh, maybe we're not so good. We're not running smoothly anymore. And then maybe that partner makes another update. And it's like, ah, now we're really chugging. And now we're going to stop and figure out how to change our code to make that integration with our partner stronger and better, right? Companies, partners, servers, software, it's always updating. Daily things are being updated. Monthly, weekly, yearly, things are being updated. And if you are a, a service-based game or you're a service-based software and you need these partners and you need to be able to get that call response to make your stuff work, you have to have a team that's dedicated to those live integrations who is proactively getting the release notes from these folks that are upcoming patches and starting on your updates now. And so you're not waiting until the gears of your software are chunk, 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 and then jumping in and fixing it. So they said they were going to create a new team specifically to work on these live integrations and services. And this team's job is to make sure that if any of these partner services or any changes that Sea of Thieves makes to their code, that this team is proactively looking at all the different connections that the Sea of Thieves game makes and making sure they're staying strong and solid and does not cause any sort of player experience negativity. Their also job is to make a backup system. So if one of these services goes down, there is a failover, right? And, and failover, especially in my industry, is, is super important, right? So if one of these links goes down, obviously there's some links that you can't do failovers for, um, but in general, most things can have a failover system. And so basically the idea that they presented in the podcast is if anything breaks outside of their control, there will be a failover to not interrupt the service to players, which I think is a fantastic move. Why this hasn't been done before, I'm not quite sure. Um, I think a lot of the, the I, I sat down after this podcast and I really thought about, I was going to record this right after I watched the podcast so everything was fresh on my mind. But I wanted to sit down with my notes and think about a lot of things they brought up and say, why hasn't this been done before? Why haven't you noticed this before? We've had <clears throat> going on over a year of, of progression that hasn't counted for players because of server stability. 
We've had issues with hit registration for a long time. Part of that server stability. We've seen server stability issues on patch notes for a long time. Why haven't these things been the forefront? Why hasn't this team been brought to? And here's the only thing that I could come up with. They didn't have the resources. Why? Well, there's a really big update that happened in the summer of last year that they had been working on since this game released. A Pirate's Life. A partnership with Disney that had to be executed near flawlessly. A deal with Disney that had to be polished as much as possible and really look good. And honestly, I think that has really taken that development, that QA, that keeping things secret, that making sure that when they released that Sea of Thieves with Disney logo right side by side with those Disney characters, it was flawless. It was brilliant. It was amazing. They had their own, they had their little bugs, but they jumped on them quickly, right? Because now it's not just the rare and Sea of Thieves brand that is on the main stage. It's also the Disney brand. And I can tell you this, the mouse does not want to look like a fool, right? And when you got that Disney logo, when you got that mouse that has now entered your building, you got to make sure it's clean. You got to make sure it's good. And you got to make sure that Disney brand is true. So I think over the past three years, Sea of Thieves has really been burning it at both ends, trying to keep content coming up for us, the players, while in the secret bowels of the studio, working on the music, working on the new areas, working on the art, working on the character design, working on all that stuff, working how the underwater stuff's going to work, working how all that, all that mechanically is going to work and making sure it's flawless. I feel like maybe some of this stuff could have been done if they weren't stretched so thin, making sure that when Disney hits, Disney was good. And now that Disney is in the past, right, we may see uh, uh, coming back to Disney at some point. I'm sure we probably will. <clears throat> but now that, now that the cat is out of the bag, right, now that the mouse is out of the hole, now they can focus on things that, well, let's be honest, they said it themselves, should have been dealt with on day one, should have been dealt with before the game was released, right? Should have been dealt with over time. So I'm excited to see that they're really putting a focus on these server items and they're actually putting a team in place that their job is to make sure that these services and integrations are updated properly so that things don't go down. But if they do go down, there's a backup failover system to ensure the player experience is not impacted. They announced the first part of this was actually done in January, where dev, uh, the developers now have the ability to toggle the number of crews and types of ships on servers based on the server performance. Right? So right now, servers will only allow a total of five crews per server. So a maximum, if those were all five galleons, you have a total of 20 players on a server. 
Now, that's not to say that servers are actually full of 20 players because they can toggle. Maybe there's only allowed to be one galleon on this server. Or maybe there's a, a, a limit of, of one galleon, two brigs, and the rest have to be sloops. Whatever that is, they now have a tool set that, based on their server performance, they can toggle number of crews and types of ships on and off of servers to make sure that the overall player experience stays as high as possible on these servers. So in February to March what they're working on is they're actually working on testing new server hardware, right? So they're, they're using the Microsoft Azure servers, uh, but they're actually right now deep into testing of actual upgraded new uh, hardware on their servers to see if that can help beef up their performance because their goal is to return to six ships because that has always been where the game wants to be, right? The game was designed for six ships, six full galleons. That is what the game was designed for. And I know players want a bigger map with more ships. It's probably not going to happen at least anytime soon because their game was always designed to be six total ships on a server with a maximum of all six being galleons. So 24 total players per server. And they got into, if you're really interested in this and you're really kind of interested in a lot of stuff, they start to go into server performance and, and why they're looking at all these things, because you've got moving waves, you've got moving boats, you've got moving players, you've got moving mobs, you have mob, you know, AI, right? The intelligence, even though it's not high of skeletons, the mechanics of bosses, you have barrels that respawn. You've got floating barrels. You've got floating boxes. You've got floating kegs. You have all of this stuff that the game is trying to calculate at all. The server is trying to calculate at all times, right? And sure, there's an easy way to solve it. You just say for this amount of map squares around you, don't load it. Only load this amount of map squares around a particular player's ship. You could do that. You could do that. But then as you enter new ship or new, new squares, now the server has to ramp up and figure out what is being populated in there. And eh, not great. Ever play Minecraft? If you've ever played Minecraft, there's something called chunk loading, which is how Minecraft does it where you are in a series of squares and those squares around you are loaded. So mobs are spawning, you know, vegetables are growing, you know, whatever the case may be, lava is flowing, water's running, fish are swimming in those squares around you. But outside of those squares, nothing. There's nothing spawned there. And that's why in Minecraft, if you, if you have a mod or, or you're able to move very quickly across the world, your game will lag a lot because the server or your computer, if you're not playing it off a server, is trying to load all those squares as you're entering them. And it's the same thing with Sea of Thieves. And with Sea of Thieves having the ability to constantly be moving and all these ships constantly be moving throughout the entire game, having a chunk loading or a square loading system could cause more issues than it, it actually solves because people are constantly on the move and Sea of Thieves bouncing from island to island and that needs to be loaded and needs to be calculating all this stuff. Then you add weather in there and now you have another mechanic. So I'm glad to see that they're doing something 
about server performance and really putting a team and a focus behind this. Because what that's going to do is it's going to lead to the next thing. The thing that people have been complaining about forever. The thing that I've bitched about for a long time. The thing that most of us determined would never, ever, ever be fixed and always be a problem in Sea of Thieves. And that is combat. Specifically, hit registration. They went into, so uh, Chapman went into a really nice discussion about why hit registration is an issue. Yeah, they talked about the technical stuff of the moving and everything. But in the very beginning, and we can see this across a lot of Sea of Thieves, there is a way that they could do it that is mainstream development. And then there's the look and feel of how they want Sea of Thieves to come across. They want this to come across as a pirate fantasy game. These weapons were not that accurate back in the day, but more so the bullets didn't travel instantaneously, right? There was a travel time in the bullets. There was a fact that there was drop off in the bullets and everything else. They tried to build that into Sea of Thieves. But then if you add on all of the calculations that have to go in, moving ships, moving waves, moving bullet, moving player, that's a lot of calculations that the server has to do in order to determine if your bullet that left your gun hits the player or the skeleton or the chicken that's over there. That's a lot of calculations. And what happens? It can't do the calculations fast enough. You miss. Well, you hit. It says you hit, but no damage because it couldn't calculate it. Beefing up the servers will help. It will not solve it because uh, they said it themselves. At a foundation, this system feels like a pirate fantasy game. It doesn't feel like a combat game. And they always tried to divide themselves from pirate fantasy versus combat. The problem is it is a combat game. And now they're coming to realize that this is a combat game. Why it took them this long to realize that. I think they realized it a lot sooner, but they wanted to keep that look and feel and try to make their pirate feel and their historic weapon feel work. And it just hasn't, it just has not worked. And so now it's time to go, okay, we're a pirate fantasy game, but we're also a combat game. And we need to get combat to a point where the players feel confident in whatever loadout that they're using. So how are they going to be doing that? They're looking at a new system. It's not new to combat games. Many games out there that are shooters already use this system. And it's going to be very different and a very different feel than what Sea of Thieves feels like today if this eventually gets rolled out. I think in some part, this system is already going to be rolled out. I have a feeling just based on how they were saying it and the feedback and people getting tired of dealing with hit registration issues. I have a feeling that this system in some way, shape or form is already a guaranteed in watching the faces of the different people around the table. It seemed like most people were in favor, except Mike. It, it really felt like Mike Chapman, though he wants the system to be better, Mike really wants the current system where it feels more pirate fantasy, old school weapon. It re he really wants that to work, but it's not going to. 
And I think he's slowly winning over to it, but all the faces of the people around the table, Mike's face just when we when they talked about what they're gonna do and he preached about why they did what they did. I feel like Mike is the guy that's in those meetings saying, can we please just do something else to try to make this system work? Because it feels like a pirate fantasy game. And he's not wrong, right? You've got to arc your shot sometime because of the fall off of gravity on long distance shots. Like you can tell that in his heart, he really doesn't want to give up on this system. But at the end of the day, we're now four years into this game and combat still is broken as shit. And so it's time to do something else. And though I love the combat system, in theory, I hate it in practice. It just does not work. So what system are they looking at right now? They've currently got a system in place in internal testing. So it hasn't been put out to insiders yet. And it's using hit scan. And if you're if you play other combat games, you'll know hit scan. And hit scan is When you have your gun and you fire it, it draws a line between your gun and your target. And if they hit, it hits. If, if you're, if when you fire your gun, if the straight line does not intersect your target, it's no hit. Therefore, if hit scan is 100% implemented without taking into account the current feel of sea of thieves, there will be no arcing. There will be no fall off and stuff like that. It'll literally be you aim your gun. It draws a straight line when it fires. If the line intersects, boom, instantaneous hit. There's no travel time in hit in hit scan. Zero. You fire, damage, or no damage based on that line. You aim or you don't aim. That's how it goes. Right? Which is going to be able to completely change combat and Sea of Thieves. How many of us have practiced... Oh, let's see here. That ship is that far away. It's got kegs in the crows. I need to aim my eye of reach up a little bit and fire, and I'll drop that bullet right into their their crow's nest. That's not going to be a thing with hit scan. It's going to be a straight line. And the thing with a straight line, they put in parts of the ship that can't be fired through. So where before you could arc shots and hit things on the ship if you're really skilled at arcing shots, It's going to be a straight line now. If you aim your gun up to arc a shot, it's going to be a straight line from there. You're firing off into the cosmos. So it's going to change how combat works in Sea of Thieves. But the difference is, the difference is, on one side we have a combat system that we've used for years that we're frustrated that we're not getting hit registration, but we've learned to arc shots and stuff like that. Or we can have a system that doesn't have a hit registration issue where the bullets are going to hit. They're going to hit instantaneously. There's no going to be fall off. There's not going to be drop. But you're not going to be able to do those cool trick shots and arc shots anymore. I'm okay with that. I want to make sure when I hit someone, I hit someone. And combat becomes a little bit more skill-based. It was skill-based before, but now it's really (laughs) skill-based. Feels more like a Counter-Strike or a Destiny or any combat game that uses Hitscan, which most of them do. So that's an internal testing. Um, It will be coming to insiders when they determine that it's ready to go to, to insiders. But in internal testing, they have said that it completely changes the feel of combat as far as gunplay in Sea of Thieves. And they've seen huge improvements in server performance with hitscan because the server is no longer having to calculate the arc 
the the all the different moving bits, right? It's calculating a straight line. That's it. So huge increase of server performance, which is good because if you can increase server performance with combat, you're now impacting the overall server performance. Things are things are getting better, right? The thing that put me in a rage here, though, is they said once it hits insiders, we're going to ask for heavy insider testing. You all know my pet peeve about this. You all know my pet peeve. Stop depending on players to test your damn game. And this is not just rare. This is for any developer out there. Stop trying to count your pennies when it comes to this. Hire a QA team that specifically knows the changes that you're implementing and can test them thoroughly. Will players find things that your QA team didn't? Yes, Therefore, insider is still important. But your entire QA process, it seems like, is based on insiders. And I'll tell you this, there's a big chunk of insiders that they log in, they get in their boat, they put their sail partway down, and they sail for an hour to get their unlock. And that's it. They don't test anything. There are a lot of insiders that do test things. But if you're going to implement a huge feature that's going to drastically can, can like change your game, hire a QA team, even contractors. Hire a limited-time QA team. You sit them in a room with a whole bunch of computers and say, this is what we need to test. Here is the code that we changed. Have at it. We need you to test this. But while you're testing this, go play the game and find other things that aren't working. But actually play a QA team to do this kind of stuff especially in big releases. Don't depend on insiders. Don't depend on that. These players are not getting paid. They're getting cosmetics. Whoop-dee-doo. I'm, if I got a paycheck from Rare, I would QA that, test the shit out of that stuff. You give me a cool limited-time cosmetic, guess last time I logged into insiders. It's been about a year and a half. Why? Because I could better find a use of that hour to do something else to make money. Send me some ancient coins. If I do an hour of insider testing, send me $10 worth of ancient coins. That's 10 bucks an hour. Costs you nothing at rare. Costs you nothing. You're just giving coins, right? That's potential coins that I'm not purchasing, sure. But $10 worth of ancient coins isn't going to buy me a whole lot. Might buy me an emote or two or whatever, right? But that's what they need to do. Sure, the, the cosmetics are nice. Sure, you get doubloons. What are doubloons worth? Nothing. Useless gold, infinite resource. You're giving me nothing to test your game. Spice it up a little bit with some ancient coins. I'll think about testing what you want me to test. But until then, I'm either not logging on to insiders, or if I do, I'm going to put my sale down about that far and just go do something else and keep coming back and make sure I'm not AFK. That is not the testing that you want in your game. That is not the testing you want on a new combat system. So I really was annoyed that they said, we're really calling on our insiders for heavy testing on this. Don't depend on the players to test your game. Pay people to test your game. Pay people. Um, so they kind of outlined a few other items as far as where they want to go with just the overall back end of the game, right? So the future of combat is what they kind of labeled it. First, 
server stability, and hit registration. That's their number one priority right now. And thank God it finally is. Four years into the game and they finally decided to look at the, 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 the crumbling foundation. Finally. Finally. Rare is looking at what's important. I'm not a very good Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I apologize. They then, after they get the server performance in a place that feels good and hit registration in a place where they're probably not getting raged on all the time by players, the next thing they want to look at is a fresh look at all weapons, okay, and a weaponry look, right? You've got a blunderbuss that can one-shot people. You've got a sword that block mechanic doesn't work. You've got a sword whose stun mechanic doesn't work properly. M1 spamming, etc. And what I was happy to hear about this, though, is they did not say we're going to go back to a time where the sword was nice or whatever. They said, we're going to take a fresh look at combat now. Forget the past. Look at it now and what needs balanced. Okay? I can tell you one thing. If I was sitting in that room, I would advocate for a smaller amount of bullets for the blunderbuss. If you're going to make the gun one shot, give you two shots. That's it. You get two shots with a one shot. People will still double gun with the blunderbuss. If you have an opportunity to one shot someone, people are going to use it. Right? And with hit registration being fixed at this point, like, again, hypothetically, hit reg is fixed at this point. So it's going to work if you fire. You're going to get the shot. If you're in the right position, you're going to get the one shot. Reduce the blunderbuss to two shots. Keep the eye of reach the same. Maybe add two more shots to the flintlock. I have a feeling if hit registration is fixed, the double gunning is going to change a little bit, and it's probably going to be flintlock, eye of reach. is probably what it's going to be. Because then you can stay at a distance, and you don't have to worry about those, those one blunders, right? The sword is something that they just have to look at and just basically rework from the ground up. The sword just doesn't work. It doesn't. The only thing the sword's good at is mobility and M1 spamming. That's really all it's good at. The block mechanic doesn't work. You can't have a good, legitimate, fun sword fight in this game right now, and you haven't been able to for a long time. It's, it's you just slash and hope. That's all it is. That's all it is. So I'm glad they said they're not going to look at the past. They're going to look from ground up on what needs done to make the weapons better. Balancing the weapons and also making them work properly. So this is all part of what they're going to call a ground up combat system overhaul. The combat system obviously in this game has been broken for a very long time. I think a lot of players have just gotten tired of bitching about it and to be honest are just at this point, creating funny TikToks, funny YouTube videos, and just like, this is never going to be fixed. Combat in this game is always going to be broken. Why do I care? Let's just make funny, ridiculous compilations of this stuff. So I'm glad they're actually putting some serious look into their combat system after, again, they get their servers fixed. So that way, it's the combat in Sea of Thieves isn't a joke anymore. Because right now, it's a complete joke. Rare has a complete joke of a combat system. Beautiful game, great concept, great look and feel, joke of a combat system. In a game that 90% of what you do, you have to have some sort of combat. And in fact, it was said, and I quote, 
the combat of Sea of Thieves does not live up to the standards of the rest of Sea of Thieves. I don't think they could have said it any better. The majority of this game involves combat, and combat is the one system that does not live up to the rest of Sea of Thieves. They couldn't have said it better. And it, and, and honestly, it really... Like I said, this podcast was great from them because it really showed that they just kind of opened their doors and said, look, we know we're not living up to the standards. We know we haven't lived up to the standards of this game for a long time. We know that you're disappointed. We know that we're losing players. We know that it's sad. We now have the, the resources and the plan in place to start to address these. And I think, again, it comes back to a pirate's life. And all the focus there. Something I didn't know that they brought up was when they designed the sloop. So the sloop has obviously been out for a very long time, right? When they designed the sloop, it was designed to be the hard mode of Sea of Thieves, right? Sloop was designed to be the hard mode, right? You got one mast. You've got two cannons. If you're solo slooping, you got to do everything. Sloop was supposed to be the hard mode. A lot of players took on the sloop because they, they didn't have someone to play with or they only had one other friend to play with. And the sloop started to become one of a lot of people's favorite ships because that's what they were on all the time. Look at all the solo sloopers or sloop players out there on Twitch or whatever. It's one of the more popular boats to do. But as a solo slooper, it is challenging. So one of the things they're also going to be looking at in the overall experience overhaul of the game is looking at how can they balance the ships better, right? How can they balance the ships better? You've got brigantines and galleons that just, when they get in the wind or they have crosswind, you're not going to stop them. And the only advantage the sloop has is go against the wind. putting holes like for example a solo sloop player against a galleon think about you've got four people on the other ship that can sit there three of them can patch holes while one person drives against the solo solo slooper the solo slooper unless they put some holes in it then shoot themselves over leave their boat and kill a couple of them and protect a hole they're not sinking a galleon or unless they have some curse balls or, or figure out a way to kill someone on the other boat with a cannon, with a blunder bomb or something, it's very challenging. Do I think a sloop should be able to roll up on a galleon and just sink them like that? No, they shouldn't. They're under, they're, they're a smaller boat. They're a smaller vessel. It should be a challenge. But when you've got a solo player on that sloop, they're at a huge disadvantage, and I don't think the disadvantage should be, should be that big. It should be a disadvantage, but I don't think it should be that big of a disadvantage. And so, I, and so I'm glad to hear that they're going to be doing uh, something to make solo sloopers feel that the game is not working against them at all times. The other thing, and this again goes with solo slooping, it goes on any ships, but a lot of solo slooping. The concept of spawn camping, right? Everyone's done it. Every, you can't say that you haven't done it. Everyone has done some sort of spawn camping. Maybe you're trying to steal their resources. 
Maybe you didn't get enough holes in their ship and you're, you just have to kill them another round or two in order to get the sink. Whatever the case may be, everyone has spawn camped at some point. The problem is when the game was first introduced, they knew spawn camping was going to be an issue, but the only solution that they really came up with that was the best solution they had for launch was scuttling. And I always tell people many, many times, if you're getting spawn camp, just scuttle your ship. Just scuttle your ship. Keep your resources not in storage crates. Keep them in the barrels. And if you know you just got boarded by two people from a galleon or a brig, just scuttle your ship because you're not going to, most likely you're not going to win. And they're going to keep spawn camping you until they take all your resources because that's what they want anyways. Don't give them the satisfaction. So scuttle is an excellent tool. However, there is a line where spawn camping goes from I'm securing the sink to toxic and making the game un unfriendly to someone. And the devs have said they've watched YouTube videos. They're always lurking in Sea of Thieves streams. And they have said that when they see spawn camping happening, it absolutely kills them because they know the person being camped is having a miserable experience. Right. And so what is said is the game needs to, to be able to identify when the battle is over and stop it. However, that may be. And they didn't go into details and I will be very anxious to hear what they do or, or what they put out on insiders eventually to, to counteract spawn camping, because it's very terrifying to me that the game is going to have a credential or a criteria that says this battle is over because there's been many times where I've might got killed once, maybe get killed twice, but on the third respawn, I kill them and bucket and save the ship and turn the battle around. So I will be anxious to see what automatic system they develop and put into the game that is going to determine when the game feels the battle is over and stops the fight so that the, so that the, the spawn camping can't cause negative player experience because that's a very fine line of spawn camping and toxic play and bad player experience from the one being camped. It's a very fine line between that and I am just one more spawn away from killing them and turning the tides on this battle and having a crazy awesome comeback. And if the game has it programmed in to automatically stop me from having that opportunity to have a comeback, that's going to piss me off too because that feels really good to come back from a spawn camp and get in there. I think they do need to do something as far as when you can tell when the player is going to spawn back in, the ship does the shimmy shimmy, right? And they need to do something uh, obviously with the server performance that if you walk through that door, your player model does not show up until you can see and control your character, because that's going to go a long way to help evening out and stopping spawn camping because if the player at the boat shakes you know it's going to respawn and then if the player model is standing there before they can move or react you can kill them before they get to move and react and then it's a really negative experience so i think they need to be careful very careful about this and making sure they do it right and making sure they don't stop people from making a comeback and having a great time in pvp 
where the game just shuts them down, but also making it fair so that players respawning have a chance and they're not killed instantaneously. They also talked about cheating and, and with the little bit of time left, um, I, I just want to take a moment here and talk about cheating. So they didn't go into details about, um, about how they find cheaters. Um, but what they can say, what they did say was they are very particular about banning, obviously, and they will ban, they will drop that hard ban on someone who is cheating. They said they have a lot of systems in place where they can see in the logs if someone is actually cheating or not. And what really helps them is if someone has a video that they recorded on their Xbox or, or on their PC and they submit that video and making sure it's showing enough so that then they can go into the logs and use timestamps in order to see if actual nefarious behavior is being done. But they said it's very simple for them to see if someone is cheating on Sea of Thieves on a code level. And they said a lot of the time when players think that someone is cheating, they're really not. What it comes down to is server performance or hit registration or food registration or something that is actually a defect in the game or it's a defect in those integration services we talked about in the calls and the answers, right? And I know as a player, when you, when you suspect someone for cheating, it sucks especially when you submit your evidence and the response is we didn't determine any cheating here. That really feels bad and sucks. But at the end of the day, we have to understand we are playing a broken game. End of the day, the foundations are cracked and it's broken. That's what rare is trying to address. But lots, they said most of the tickets which revolve around cheating are actually tied to server performance. And it just appears that the player is cheating and they're really not. Um, but again, Rare has said, absolutely, they will not release what they look at in the code, any tools or whatever they use to determine if someone is cheating or to automatically identify cheaters. Because again, if they did that, people would then utilize third-party applications or whatever the fact is to then get around that or manipulate, which I appreciate. It sucks that we don't know what they use, but at the same regards, I'm glad that there's a system in place and that they are actively banning cheaters either through automatic notifications on their end through their logs or via good evidence from players and they can look in the logs. It does suck though, however, for player experience that a lot of times when you feel like someone is cheating, it's actually the server performance um, that is causing it and not the actual cheating. I would, I'm, here's the thing. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. I'm glad that there's not a lot of people that are getting away with cheating in Sea of Thieves, but on the same regard, it sucks that the server performance is in such a bad state that it feels like people are cheating. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> it really is a double-edged sword. But what I can say overall is, I really feel like the the podcast that they they put out was a good podcast. I appreciated the open door transparency as much as they could on this. And I'm glad that they're starting to turn the corner and and admitting 
openly and honestly, look, this sucks. Our shit is broke. Our foundations are crumbling. This stuff that I've been complaining about for as long as I've done this show, other people have been complaining about since the dawn of the game. Rare is, has said time and time again, we know it's an issue, we know it's an issue, right? But they've never fixed it. Now it feels like they're getting plans in place to finally address these things. Is it too late? I don't know. But what is critical here is not that there's a plan in place, not that some of the plan is already being executed. It's the execution of the overall fix that I care about. Are you going to fix the combat system? Execution. Are you going to fix the server performance? Execution. Rare has slipped on execution many, many, many times, even in recent memory, where they release things that are not completely baked. They make mistakes like causing toxicity by doing events like the Festival of Giving or reskinning exclusive cosmetics. They cause that themselves. So it's not about it's not about what the plan is and it's not about what they're already doing and it's not about that. It's about can they execute it? Can they make these things right? It sucks when you've got a player that's upset because they didn't get something or they're upset about something. But here's the thing. Here is, here is something that I've always lived by in my years of retail. And the famous phrase that no one ever completes is the customer is always right unless they're wrong. And then you have to explain to them why they're wrong without making them mad. And time and time again, rare does not explain why the customer, the player is wrong without making us mad. They say the customer's right. The customer's right. We didn't get our legendary sea dog weapons. So here you go. Here's some reskinned ones. You're right. You're right. Cause backlash. We have a PVP game. Our game has PVP in it. Our game is a combat game. Our players are part of the are part of the 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 combat that comes up like skeletal ships and stuff like that. The festival of giving. Sea of Thieves festival of giving. Stop it. Stop it. It is okay to tell players that their opinion is wrong. It is 100% okay to do that. You can put that stake in the sand and say, you players are wrong. And this is why. And explain it in a way that is okay. I can tell you, there would still be players mad if Rare said, we're not re-releasing the legendary Sea Dog uh, weapons because those were exclusive items to arena players who got 240 wins as a pirate legend. We are, however, going to release new legendary weapons that do not look like them at all. They have a new model, and you'll get them this way. Would players still be upset because they can't get those? Yes, but at the end of the day, Rare stands behind their event, their mode, the time, and blood, sweat, and tears developing arena took 
the blood, sweat, and tears it took to design those skins and the blood, sweat, and tears it took to earn those skins. They're standing behind it. And that comes down to everything they said in these topics on this podcast. They have to execute it and they have to listen to the players, but they also have to listen to themselves. <clears throat> players are always going to want, 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 want. And you have to put that stake in the ground and say, look, I know you want it, but we're not going to do it this way because of this. And they have to be able to execute on these server performance combat revamps. They have to execute on it. It's not going to be something that comes out tomorrow. It's not going to be something that comes out next month. We are going to be seeing changes over the course of this entire year that are going to make or break this game more so than it already is. And my hope is, because I loved what they said, my hope is that they start to plug their ears a little bit from us, the whiny players, and they start saying, we need to put the blinders on and we need to focus on what we're putting out there. If it's exclusive, it's exclusive. Shut up, it's exclusive. Moving on. Simple. We're going to fix combat by using hit scan. But I don't like hit scan. Shut up. Moving on. Like Rare really has to put these blinders on and understand that they're always going to hear this from players. They need to be able to listen to it, put it on a whiteboard and say, shut up. Moving on. And that's what they got to do. But they got to stop making mistakes that is, that is just killing them and causing toxicity across the community. They just got to stop making those mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, but Rare has been making the same mistakes time and time again for a long time. And they got to put, they got to put those blinders on. Shut up. Moving on. Guys, thank you very much. For hanging out with me today. I hope you like this. Drop me a comment, hit the like on the YouTube video, shoot me an email. All that information is in the show notes. Let me know what you think of the new legendary weapons reskin. How do you feel about it? And let me know what you're most excited about from the Sea of Thieves podcast, Hot Topics, that just released earlier this week. Hopefully, this Saturday, uh, Captain Logan and I will be live somewhere around. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Davram and twitch.tv slash Captain underscore Logan. You can watch us play and I'll be playing through the first adventure and I'm sure next week I will have my own opinion on that. But guys, take care of yourselves and each other and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio. <laughs>